My message today is entitled, Growing in God. There was a time in Israel's history when they were being terrorized by a ruthless enemy and the hearts of all men melted in fear. But then, a teenage boy, of all people, stepped forward and rose to the occasion to decisively take out this threat. You all know these events as the battle of David and Goliath. But the key to David's success was not merely his weapon of choice of a sling and a stone. For surely the Israelite army had many weapons that could take down a giant. But what every Israelite, and even Goliath, lacked was a Spirit of God mentality. You see, both Goliath and the Israelites suffered from a fixed mentality relying solely on their logic or solely on their strength or lack thereof or solely on their current resources or limitations. In fact, it's not unlike the mentality that we too often rely on resulting in our own struggles to meet the challenges that we face. The Israelites had no confidence in their chances to defeat this towering enemy, while Goliath, on the other hand, put too much confidence in his own ability and his own strength and experience in battle. Based on this premise, I'd like us to approach these familiar passages so that we can understand the Spirit of God mentality, that we might apply this same perspective to each and every challenge that we are currently facing or that we will face in the future. If you recall the background of this event, David's brothers were off to war. David stayed back because he was just a young kid. He wasn't looked on as someone who was big enough or even old enough to fight in the war. So he stayed back with his father, Jesse, while his brothers went off to fight the Philistines. David was just a young and small shepherd boy. And so his father sent him off, I think I told this story before, that sent him off to go deliver cheese. He said, go deliver this cheese um, to your brothers on the front lines and check, and check on them. Well, when David got to the front lines, his brothers mocked him and said, what are you doing here? Did you come to see our defeat? He got mocked because he was a little kid at the front lines. People looked down at him and discouraged him, tried to discourage him. But then as he got there, he heard the mocking call of Goliath insulting King Saul's entire army and insulting God himself. David also heard how not a single one of these Israelite men fighting in battle, not a single one of them would go against Goliath out of great fear that they might be killed and wiped out. You see, the Israelites had a fixed mentality, assessing their chances based on their size and their ineptitude and their lack of confidence. And the more that they listened to the arrogant toss of Goliath, the more it fed their fear and the more it cemented their mentality that they would surely fail, which kept them from ever going out to battle. You see, when you suffer from a fixed mindset, you believe that your ability, your intelligence, your problem-solving skills are fixed and unchangeable. 
creating a glass ceiling for your success. In other words, you leave no room for the Spirit of God to work in you and through you to overcome when challenges come to overtake you. Notice how David, as we talk about this story, notice how David comes with a different mentality. It's not about the sling and the stone. Notice how when he approaches, he has a different mentality. 1 Samuel 17, verse 32. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. There are two things here that I want to point out about David's response. First of all, his willingness. And second of all, his humility. It's part of the Spirit of God mentality. First, David is not paralyzed by his size or his lack of battle experience. And neither is he overcome by fear from the taunts of Goliath. David is willing to go fight the giant. But don't take David's confidence as an arrogant boast. For he leads with humility when he says to King Saul, your servant will go and fight him. David knew his place first and foremost, as a servant of God. If we would understand that how we attack things in this world, how we respond to the challenges in this world, it's not about us, it's about us being a servant to God. If we understood that, that gives us a leg up on everyone else and it opens us up to the Spirit of God coming upon us and working through us. A servant always has the best interest of his king at heart. And thus the first thing he offers is his willingness In other words, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I trust I I will be willing to do this for you, God. God, God, send me to Roscommon. I don't know anything about those people up there. I don't know what they do. I don't know that they get 25 inches of snow in the winter. I didn't know that winter ends in June. But send me up there, God. I'm willing to go. I'm willing, I'm willing to go for you and I trust that you're going to take care of the details. That's what a, a servant does. Instead of being paralyzed because they overanalyze everything, they never step out in faith. David didn't know what was going to happen or how it was going to all fall out. But his first response is, I'm willing to go because I'm your servant. He offers his willingness first. He's not paralyzed by the potential for loss or failure. In a fixed mindset, people have a great need for approval from others. So every situation calls for a confirmation of their intelligence or their personality or their competence or their character. Every situation before someone acts on it, if with a fixed mindset, every challenge is evaluated first from this perspective. Will I succeed or fail? Will I look smart or dumb? Will I be accepted or rejected? It's that pause to first evaluate situations based solely on what we bring to the table that becomes our demise. A servant doesn't enter into that evaluation first. A servant says, I'm here, send me. I'm willing to go. I trust you, God, that you're going to take me through that battle. I don't become part of the equation. God is the full equation. 
when we allow our sensory perceptions to fuel our fear and consider how we might look in front of others and maybe embarrass ourselves or fail in front of others, then we lose even before we begin because there's no room for God in that equation. However, when we consider God first instead of ourselves, we see every challenge as an opportunity to serve God and to give Him the glory as He uses impossible situations to show others that He is the answer. Now understand, and this is important because some people preach it otherwise, but we don't always have a tangible victory in the world's eyes. There are people that say, with God on your side, you'll never lose, and you'll have the abundant life, and God has a glorious plan for your life, and you're going to be living in a bed of roses. How many know that being a Christian ain't easy? Things don't always go your way, right? But we need to look at, but because God has a different definition of victory. The world is the one that tells you that you lost. And where is your God now? And how come you lost your job? And the world wants to give you to find victory for you, but we cannot let the world define victory for us. Because when Jesus died on the cross, it was the greatest victory ever, and the world thought that our God lost. But because of His death, His willing sacrifice on the cross, He opened up eternity for all who had put their trust in Him. Amen? Do not let the world define victory for you. Do not let your own mind or your memory or your fears define victory for you. God has a different way of defining victory. And so we don't always have that tangible victory in the world's eyes when we step out in faith against a formidable foe. Because God measures victory in a different way. You see, sometimes your willingness to even run into battle instead of running away from battle, that's the victory. Sometimes your willingness to trust God in public in front of others, mocking taunts and criticism, that's the victory. Sometimes your willingness to assess your chances by what God brings to the table, not just you, that's the victory. When we don't get tied up or paralyzed by how the outcome of events are perceived by others, we come into alignment with God's will. And we remember that through it all, God is going to be with us because we are servants of the Most High God. It's not about what's in it for us. We believe that God's going to take care of that. But in all that we do, we must remember that we are servants of God. Willingness and humility prepare us for that Spirit of God mentality. Therefore, with that mentality, we see opportunities as chances to grow in God. Regardless of who wins or loses this temporary earthly battle. 1 Samuel 17, verse 33. Saul replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. And he's been a warrior from his youth. You're small. You're puny. You have no battle experience. Just look at him. That's why we're all hiding in our tents. What do you think you're doing? You can't fight him. You know, one of the most annoying things, by the way, that was my paraphrase. One of the most annoying things about people with fixed mentalities is that they are so insecure that they are threatened by others who have a Spirit of God mentality. And they don't like you coming in, your pre- in their presence because it, it shows them for who they are. 
In fact, they will do everything in their own power to put you down when you, when you feel called to step out in faith. They'll do everything in their power to convince you to think like they do, to cause you to accept defeat. They do, they do this to justify their coward mentality of refusing to step out in faith in front of others. King Saul operates from this fixed mentality by trying to convince David that he has no chance based on his age and lack of battle experience. King Saul only looks on what he or what David can bring to the table in and of themselves, leaving no room for God to show up when he's called you to step out in faith. A person with a fixed mentality sees the risk of failure as a limit of his abilities. But with the Spirit of God mentality, a humble servant sees the risk of failure as an opportunity to grow in God. I'm going to step out. I might fail. I might succeed. It doesn't matter. I'm here to serve God. And I'm here to grow closer to God because I'm going to be obedient to God. That's what I see. Because when we trust God through our challenges, we don't worry about the earthly results. We are there to serve God. Humility. And willingness. We don't worry about the earthly result. Now I say earthly result because we need to understand something about the spiritual realm and the role that it plays when we trust God through our challenges. Spiritual warfare is not some cosmic force that's only affected by the angels and demons. Rather, spiritual warfare happens all the time when we are faced with trials here on earth. Think of this, the devil and his minions are constantly trying to suppress the work of God's servants here on earth. They relentlessly tempt us to give up. Maybe it's happened to you. It happens to me all the time. They relentlessly tempt us to not walk in faith and to cower into fear and to start complaining and to be negative and doubtful, causing us to disconnect from God at times when we need Him most. That's what they do. That's the spiritual realm that we cannot see, but it does play an effect on us when we face trials and challenges. However, when we are faced with impossible situations and make a conscious choice to trust God above our logic and above our perspective and above, our, above the fear and criticism of others around us, then true spiritual warfare happens in a realm that we can't even see. Imagine the spiritual warfare that took place when the devil thought he had Jesus cornered in the Garden of Gethsemane. You can almost see the devil wringing his hands and licking his lips when Jesus said, Lord, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. The devil thought he had won. He thought he'd finally got the upper edge. He didn't get it back in the desert when he was tempted him. But now, here's Jesus saying, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. But then the powerful Spirit of God, Susan, can you get the door? The powerful Spirit of God swept through the heavenly realm when Jesus resolutely declared, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. 
You see, the devil thought all the action was going one way, and Jesus chose to stand on the Word of God and the promise of God. He says, nevertheless, that's spiritual warfare. When the devil thinks he has you cornered with the fear of the unknown, along with memories of your failure that he keeps bringing up to you, memories in your past of where you failed, and then he brings along the vocal criticisms of others nearby. He assumes that your faith is being derailed at that very moment. But then you make a choice. Like Jesus. Like Job. Like David. To run into the battle. Not worrying about the results. I'm going to run into the battle because God's called me to be there. I'm going to trust my God. Not think about what might happen to me. I'm going to trust my God. That is spiritual warfare that sends the devil's head spinning. It does. Especially when you are more concerned about trusting God and building your faith rather than worrying about the results. The Spirit of God mentality is what will cause the body of Christ in the earth today to walk by faith and not by sight. It is this mentality which causes us to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. It's the Spirit of God mentality. David was armed with this mentality, leaving room and an all-access pass for God to come into his life, to show up no matter what the challenge was, to trust on his name, no matter what was he was listening to, no matter who was mocking him by his choice to run into battle. The strength of the Spirit of God mentality is the focus that God sets for us. See, the enemy tempts us to focus on all of our past failures. You know, he brings it up before you go to a challenging time. Remember when this happened, you don't want to risk it again. Remember when you trusted this person and they took advantage of you, you don't want to be vulnerable before them again. When you laugh, that's what he tells me. My guess is he tells similar things to you. He gets you to focus on past failures, but these are failures when you kept God out of the equation. Or when we accepted the world's perspective of failure. But the Spirit of God calls to mind every time that He has been faithful in the past, when we face great challenges, especially ones that seemed impossible at the time. This is what David drew on in his reply to King Saul. When King Saul said, you're too little, don't go. David drew on the Spirit of God mentality. 1 Samuel 17.34 But David said to Saul, Your servant, see how he begins, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off his sheep from the flock, I went after it, verse 35, and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. You see, David allows God to bring to mind times of victory over challenges. These are times that David ran into battle knowing that God was running before him and running with him. David didn't stop to consider, what happens if I get eaten by that lion? What happens if that bear claws my arm off? He didn't stop to think that. He knew he was trusting God as a servant and he was going to run into the battle and God would meet him. And even when the wild animal turned to attack David, he didn't start doubting, he didn't start cowering in fear. He didn't say, this is impossible, I might have made a mistake. Things are difficult. But if we trust God, we've got to believe that God's going to be with us all the way. 
You see, David allowed the Spirit of God to endue him with power to persevere and to come through and to stay close to God. So then he seized the animal and he struck it and he killed it. It is this focus and overcoming faith that God equips us with if we ask Him to grant us the Spirit of God mentality no matter what we are facing. 1 Samuel 17.36 Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like just like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Never once did David consider his own demise. Never once did David prioritize his need for comfort. He knew what God had called him to do. It's the same way the church started in the way it did. The martyrs of the faith didn't say, oh, I might be killed or I might be hurt or I might be persecuted or I might have my feelings offended. I'm going to serve the living God and I'm going to leave the results to Him and by His glory many will come to the faith. That's why we're here today is because people didn't consider their own comfort first. They had the Spirit of God mentality and left room for God to come in and intervene and lead them to or through a challenge. Amen? That's where God wants all of us to be. David knew, listen to this, David knew that God doesn't always call the equipped, but rather He equips the called. If He's called you to it, He'll equip you on the way if we have faith to step out. And before you get to that battle, God's equipping you on the way so that you're ready to meet the battle. But if you think, I can't go out yet because I can't do it, or I don't have the knowledge or the skill or the ability or the strength, and I'm going to wait for God to endure me before I step out, it'll never happen. God equips the called when we respond to the call. If we can just get a hold of this powerful truth, then we will resolutely walk in the Spirit of God mentality in the midst of every trial that comes our way. Thus David continues. 1 Samuel 17.37 The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the bear, He will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine, Saul said to David. Saul said to David, well, go. And the Lord be with you. See, it's David's face and the face of those mocking him and the face of those doubting him that ensures the Spirit of God mentality. But David didn't just meditate on this truth. He didn't just think positive thoughts. He declared it out loud with power. He was not ashamed to call upon God and say, He is the one I'm following. He is the one who lives inside of me. He is the one I serve. He knew that it wasn't about his own faith, David, but rather the faithfulness of his God. The truth is that the battle was not won when he threw the sling and the stone. The battle was won right there in front of Saul and the whole Israelite army. When David unashamedly declared that God was faithful in the past and He will be faithful again. This is the place that we all need to get to in our walks with God. One of my favorite verses, Deuteronomy 28.7, says this, The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way, and they will flee before you seven ways. 
You see, the way that the enemy is defeated before our face is when we stand on the Word of God and we quote the Scriptures because there's power in the truth of the Scriptures, and when we say the Scriptures, our words are right out here in front of us. That's where the enemy is defeated. The, the Scripture says that the enemy comes at us one way. Do you know the one way he comes at you? He tries to get into your mind. The devil cannot read your mind. He has no idea what you're thinking. Don't ever believe that. Now, he throws darts at you, darts of doubt and darts of fear and darts of confusion. And based on how you respond to those darts, he knows that those darts went in. And so then he'll feed more and continue to attack you. He will always try to attack you, attack your mind. That's the one way, according to the Scripture, one way. That's the one way he comes at you. But when we stand on the Word of God and quote the Scriptures and take the time of putting God's Word in our heart and submit to the Holy Spirit and confess when we have sinned and repent and be held accountable by those around us, when we do all those things and use the Word of God, then the enemy flees. It says he flees seven ways. Do you know that seven is a number of completion? When you stand on the Word of God and submit to the Holy Spirit and trust God with the Spirit of God mentality, He will flee from you so that we can do the work of God. We need to stand on the truth of God. With the Spirit of God mentality, we have to believe that God goes before us and with us and covers us with His grace and His power to overcome in the face of adversity. And regardless of the earthly results, God's will is being accomplished in our obedience. And step by step, we allow God to complete the work of sanctification that He began in each one of us. Now, you know the rest of the story in regards to David. Saul tried to dress David. Once he realized he couldn't stop him, he said, well, you know what? You're going to need a sword, and you're going to need a shield, and you're going to need a coat of armor. And so Saul put all of his stuff on David, and David said, what is this stuff? It's too big. I can't move around. I can't do anything. David took it all off. You see, David operated with a different mentality than Saul. He didn't need the armor, the sword, the shield. His main weapon was his faith. And his God was always faithful. First Samuel 17, verse 40, Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the stream put them in the pouch of a shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. The two, David and Goliath, came closer to one another. One with an overconfidence in his ability and his experience, and the other one with humility confident in the faith in his God and what he was called to do at this divine moment in time. God calls all of us when he sees us as we are ready. We don't need to look and say, I'm not ready. If God calls us, he knows we're ready. Because he knows as we step out in faith, he's going to equip us as we go. I don't know why I got this thought, but sometimes when I'm preaching, God will put a different thought in my mind. Sometimes I say, no, I can't share that. (laughs) But I just thought, just right now, you guys watch the Avengers movies with Iron Man? Remember Iron Man? Iron Man, he, you know, he had, when at the, the original series, he would go and he'd change into his costume and go out and fight power, fight, fight evil. But then as it got into more high tech, 
he would be in the middle of the air, and as he went out, his, his suit would fly to him, and, and he'd be equipped in the middle of the air. He could jump out of a building, and the suit, the suit would fly to him, and he'd equip him as he goes out, so he's ready to begin the battle. you know what I'm talking about? If not, just shake your head and say yes. That's what happens with God. God says, are you willing to trust me that when you step out, I'm going to equip you along the way? And I may give challenges that may seem difficult, but in those challenges, as you stay close to me and you're obedient to me, I am equipping you for something greater. So when you see a trial that you think is not going your way and you think you're losing the battle, understand that what you see right now might not be the battle. There might be God's chance of equipping you for something that further lays on ahead. Something that has nothing to do with you, but God needs your obedience. Are you willing to step out in faith? That's what David did. I don't need this suit of armor. God's going to give me what I need at this divine moment in time because God called me to fight for him right now at this moment in time. Well, as David approached Goliath, Goliath mocked David and cursed him before inviting him to come closer saying, I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. See, Goliath had figured that his taunts of fear would make him cower like it did the whole rest of the Israelite army. But Goliath was going up against a very different mentality. Goliath's first move was a war of words to incite fear. Because for him, it always worked in the past. But David's first move was to lead with the power of God. 1 Samuel 17.45 David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled, defied. At this point, it was no longer David speaking. It was no longer David speaking, but the Spirit of the Lord was speaking through him. And this is the goal for every believer and follower of Christ, where we are so submitted to the Holy Spirit so sensitive to His voice of conviction, so sensitive to His voice of direction and discernment, so dedicated to hiding the Word of God in our hearts, and so willing to share the Gospel wherever we go and to whomever we are sent, that the Spirit of God begins to speak through us in these divine opportunities. But we have to put ourselves out there. Not wait to be endued, but to walk knowing that we will be endued with power when we are obedient to Him. Amen? 1 Samuel 17.46 David continues, This day the Lord will deliver you into My hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Do you understand, if you've never seen this before, do you understand the sole purpose of David's conquest was not to just come against this challenge, not to just advance land that the Israel army was trying to take over, not to just win a battle and get all the, the, the plunder. His sole purpose was to declare to the whole world the existence of the Almighty God. This battle had nothing to do with David or the accolades or the rewards that he would receive. It had everything to do 
with witnessing to the world the power of God. That the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. The God of the heavens and the earth. A fixed mentality, like those in the world, only considers what is gained or lost personally with each challenge. But those who walk with the Spirit of God mentality lead with what we can do as servants of the Most High God and how we can honor Him with our obedience and how we can share the Gospel to a lost and dying world. And we'll leave the results up to God. But as far as us, our obedience, our allegiance, our willingness is unto God. 1 Samuel 17.47 All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. And He will give all of you into our hands. You see, one with a fixed mentality is paralyzed at every challenge because they see themselves as the only one involved in influencing the battle's outcome. So when they face impossible challenges, since the battle belongs to each of us, if we think that way, then if we think from that perspective, then we're tempted to quit. We're tempted to walk away. To not even try. To complain. To be negative. To blame it on someone else. It's someone else's fault that I'm in this mess or what you're doing. That's not the Spirit of God mentality. It never was. Our God is to trust God to the battle and through the battle and not worry about the results because we're honoring God as His servants. Those who dare to walk in faith with the Spirit of God mentality understand that the battle is the Lord's. It's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, but by the power of His Spirit. Verse 48. As the Philistine Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. You don't need a sling and a stone to slay the giants in your life. You don't need the talents and the abilities of those around you to make a difference in the world. You don't need anything more than a willingness and a humble heart to trust God and allow Him to lead you through each and every challenge by the power of His Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the power and the truths in Your Word. God, I pray that through Your Word today that we would take those truths, God. We know that there's parts of this that spoke to each one of us. So Lord God, let us take those truths as seeds of Your Word that are planted deep in our hearts. We pray that they would take root. 
that they would bear fruit. That you would convict us and encourage us by your grace to be willing and humble servants of the Most High God. We give you all of our glory in Jesus' name. Amen.